Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. Good day or night. It's the Nerdist Podcast number 291. This week, I'm going to uh, perform in Nashville and the following week, Chicago, December 6th through 9th at Zany's in Nashville, and then the following weekend at Zany's in Chicago. I'm going to be working on the new hour of material. So come watch me work out some material and uh, get some jokes. It's It'll be fine. I know it sounds not fun to watch people work out material, but it's actually, it'll be fun. And uh, I would like to thank Stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the Nerds Podcast. It's the holidays, if you haven't noticed, unless uh, you're a bad noticer or a Grinch. Although even the Grinch noticed the holidays, he just wanted to shit on them. But why spend all of your time in the post office mailing packages? If you go to stamps.com, you can avoid all the hassle of going to the post office during the busy holiday season. Everything you need to do that you would do at the post office, you can do right from your desk. You can buy and print official U.S. postage. Uh, You can print postage for any letter or package the instant you need it. And then the mailman picks it up, because that's his job. And hopefully he smiles at you. Make sure and give him liquor or money. Maybe money. Maybe you'll want to buy liquor with the money. I don't know. Whatever you put in there, uh, I'm sure he will appreciate it. So don't forget to uh, hug your mailman this holiday season. Right now, Stamps.com is giving you a special offer. When you use the promo code NERDISK, a no-risk trial, $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. So go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in NERDIST. That's Stamps.com and enter the promo code NERDIST. And this episode is Ron Perlman, or should I say Ron fucking Perlman. He was awesome. Now, I know what a lot of people are going to say, which is, how come you didn't talk more about movies that Ron Perlman was in, Chris Hardwick? Let me tell you something. Ron Perlman is a guy that you just want to hang out with. So this podcast is like what it would be like if you just hung out with Ron Perlman. It was a big hangout session. Uh, and so much fucking fun. I, I enjoy him. Uh, so here is the Nerdist Podcast episode number 291 with Ron Perlman. Movie voice. Now entering Nerdist.com.
it's good to have you on, man. It's it's uh, you're one of those guys that we've been wanting to get on for a long time, and I wasn't sure if it was ever gonna happen. And and oh, all, of a all sudden, you got to do is ask, man. I know, but I feel like everybody says that. Do they really? Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I was I wanted you in my movies. And Jesus, I I don't remember you asking. <laughs> well, is that all it took? Well, shit. What was I thinking? I guess it's so. I guess we don't over. We could just keep it simple. We'll just keep it simple. No, no, keep it complicated. You want to talk about the theory of relativity? I would love to. How about those enriched uranium rods? Yes. There in Iran. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about the theory How of relativity. About the fact that they're at five percent. Shit. How about the fact that um, um, the GDP is at five percent? No, it isn't. Uh, anyway, I, I, <laughs> let me not ramble. Please ramble. This is a perfect rambling place let for you. Let me not ramble because once I get rambling, then it's all over. It's all uphill. And it's hard to ramble uphill. I saw you at a karaoke bar several years ago. Wow. Was it um, in Koreatown? It was in Brass Monkey. The Brass Monkey. It used to be a, a regular haunt of mine. It was a good place, and then it got overrun by hipsters, and then... Uh... Well, what happened to me was the, the guy who was the DJ there, and his name will come popping into my head. Was it Luke? Probably Luke. I remember Luke. You know, he was like... Um, he was... he was. This is Matt. Oh, Hello, man. Ron. We Big just, fan. We were just talking about I'm you. sorry. We that, just sat uh, down. We just sat down. It's the first we, time Chris has ever been early. We were just, we were just talking about you. <laughs> no, this is my fault. This is my fault. <laughs> this is not your fault. Ron was just I said the first time I saw Ron was at the Brass Monkey in Koreatown. So you were just telling a story about Luke, the guy who was the DJ there. Oh, yeah, boy. He, he, you know, everything was on his, his MacBook Pro. Mm -hmm. And he had, um, you know, all I ever do in, in karaoke bars is Sinatra. All, all I ever did in karaoke bars. That's well, what I, I remember. Still sing. Well, I never could sing. Let's 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 fucking face it. <laughs> but um, but uh, I would get drunk enough and think I could sing, like most people in karaoke bars. And all I did was Sinatra. I just covered Sinatra. And Luke had the most esoteric collection of Sinatra songs. I mean, he didn't have. Of course, he had you know the five you know national anthems, "My Way" and "New York, New York," and yeah. you know all that. I got you under my skin. But he had shit. That only real Sinatra files would know, and um, it was a kind of a dream for me. And then one Monday night, because um, there was never a night, I never had a particular night where I went in there. I just went in there randomly. So on a Monday night, I saw Seth MacFarlane in there, mm -hmm. and he was covering only Sinatra songs, and it got to be sort of like a, a sick, twisted. Sinatra off. <laughs> I was there that night. That is that the, night the night I saw you there. there. Seth was also there doing Sinatra. I, I saw you. I went to the bathroom and I came back and then there's Ron Perlman sitting on a stool <laughs> just leaning into the microphone was singing. in the bathroom? Or? No, no, no. Whose stool was I sitting on? <laughs> uh, some random... Uh, <laughs> it's not important whose it was. Hopefully yours. I bent, uh, over, I bent over the bar and someone pushed in my stool. <laughs> The what? guy who actually took me to the Brass Monkey told me that joke originally. So <laughs> this all ties together. Life, it's funny how life just goes around and comes around. It's so serendipitous. You, so anyway, you, you sang witchcraft. You were, I think you sang witchcraft. I, 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 it was one of the, it was a Monday night, so you had a chance. You know, if you went there on a, like later in the week, like Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, if you got one song, mm -hmm. because this was the most traveled karaoke bar probably in the Western Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, you'd get there at six o'clock at night and put your order in, and you'd lucky, you were lucky if they got to you by eleven. Yeah. And forget about doing a couple of numbers. No. Anyway, on this one Monday night, it was slow enough so that Seth got to do like five or six, and I got to do like five or six, and we got to be. It it, it 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 got to be we all started with like the, the, the boilerplate Sinatra and then got more and more obscure and uh, you know and, and, and like cutting edge Sinatra as the, as well how about this one motherfucker? <laughs> you know? A Frank off. <laughs> yeah, so we had a Sinatra off. <laughs> and um um when I remind uh, Seth of that, uh, he has no recollection. But <laughs> You're, you're here, Chris, to tell me that it actually happened. It was a wonderful. It was one of those experiences where you're like, I, I can't believe this is actually happening. They're going up one after that, and Seth, who at that point, obviously, you know, people were certainly aware of Seth, but he wasn't. He was just start like Family Guy was relatively new, and right. it wasn't. He wasn't the juggernaut that he is, you know, that he be, ended up becoming, and so he only had like ten million. He only had like ten million instead of hundreds, <laughs> and so, uh, but it still was. You know, because Seth shows up in the black jacket and the open collared shirt, and he's all ring a ding ding. He's he's he was ring a ding ding, all right. And you know, I knew that I was winning when I when I would watch him take the mic from me, and you know, see how big a scowl he had on his face was as he <laughs> said, "Thanks, Ron." <laughs> I had him. I had that motherfucker. Um, and then I saw him in live. Um, with like a, a, a sixty piece orchestra, so I mean that's like like you like you say it was it was the beginning. Seth was just emerging on on the night when we were all together, but uh, some years later he became like you know he actually Harry Connicked out. I mean, he, he, became, <laughs> he became the walking incarnation of Frank. He uh, he bubbled a little still, bit. No, nah, I mean I can't even afford to go to Koreatown anymore because all I do is basic cable. Um, <laughs> Tell me about it. I have to. My, my karaoke is in now is, is in Thai town, you know, which is like a poor man's. Career. You actually have to. You've been. <laughs> you've been a poor man's Koreatown. I can't even afford Koreatown. You've anymore. been. Uh, you've been assigned to a different karaoke karaoke yes. district based on your uh, your FX income. Network cheap motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, it's uh, Ron's agent. We're gonna have to get his numbers up. We need to get that guy back into Koreatown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show's doing well, but not Brass Monkey well. Listen, what... We need to retain Louie, so he's going to have to stay in Thai Town a little longer. <laughs> Louie doesn't even like karaoke. He shouldn't be allowed to go in there. I, lo- I love the karaoke group. I had a great group, and we went for a couple years, and then slowly people started getting married and families, and they just sort of, and then it got more crowded, and it just, it just it sort of lost its fun. Well, anyway, I think some new. Um Management took over at the Brass Monkey, or or the old manager got up on his high horse and you know got in Luke's face and Luke ended up walking away from the place. Oh, and I have not been back since. We moved to Sardo's in Burbank for a while. That's where Luke went. Mm-hmm. That's and I I, I I went to Sardo's in Burbank for a few times, but uh, then my career in, as a karaoke lounge act, you know, just came dashing against the rocks. At any point, at warp speed, <laughs> and, and, and I'm lucky I have my back teeth. Still. At some point, I really think it would be amazing to go full Hellboy makeup, go to Sardo's and sing some Sinatra songs. Don't think that that uh, is that far fetched, my friend. <laughs> 
because no, if you, he if did you, it. If, he if did. you follow the internet, he did I'm it for the sure kid. I know, amazing. I know, he did it for the Make a Wish amazing. kid. Amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll put the uh, Hellboy shit on at the drop of a hat, man. <laughs> oh my God, we've got to right, shoot. Start making kids that aren't dying feel good. <laughs> that I cannot do. Excellent. That's uh, way, way outside excellent, my pay grade. Excellent contribution, Myra. So, You're welcome. <laughs> I think that would be fucking awesome to get. That would be a fun thing to do. Maybe before Pat. <laughs> For the record, if I ever get diagnosed terminal anything, I want him in the beast makeup. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Not a lot of people ask for that anymore. Grandmothers. <laughs> women with. Linda uh, Hamilton. Women with. Um, <laughs> Linda still asks. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, such a hit with grandmothers and, and you know. My as, mother was a huge a, fan. The, beast. the grandmas. The, well, they wanted, all the, all the ladies wanted uh, the beast to swoop in. and uh, Not all the ladies, no. No? No, the young, guy, the young ladies wanted uh, Spider-Man or somebody young and nubile. Well, that was, you I know really, what? I was like, you know, I should have been doing Ger- Ger- Geritol commercials. <laughs> as beast. As a beast. <laughs> My joints aren't what they used to be. I, I you were on ever since that curse got put. On. <laughs> Don't let turn uh, me into a beast and ruin my joints. Well, I, I you were on like that was a right around twenty one Jump Street time. So that was like mm. that was like Depp. Depp was on one of the other That's channels. Right. That's where all the young it's all the young chicks. When you because I always wonder you know, you get a job like that you're like this is great we're gonna do like fifty sixty episodes of the show I have a job that's regular work and then you know like season two. Hour four thousand of that makeup. Are you like what? What did I? What did I do? Um. Yeah. <laughs> but um, to, in all seriousness, and I, I promised myself I would never be serious again. Um, You're breaking a promise. So just uh, just bear with me. This won't take long. Okay, but, we'll take it down. Um, it was the first time in my life I ever made a buck. I mean, I had you know I was I was. I was outside the fringes. That's how that's how obscure my career was prior to Beauty and the Beast. So, the fact that here I was on primetime CBS, you know, Friday night eight o'clock. My, I mean, right in, you know, the most commercial spot in the universe was. It was such a novelty to me because I never ever thought that you know I would ever do anything that was you know, like a fastball down the middle, you know, mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and coupled with the fact that I truly, truly revered the role that I was playing. I, I loved the way uh, The Beast was conceived by Mr. Coslow and um, felt very lucky. So there was never a twinge of, of, of uh, that this is burdensome in any way. This, this was almost like the opposite of that. It was almost like uh, this. And, and, and strangely enough, the... the the same with Hellboy. You know, the character was, you know, I, I just kept saying to myself, there's millions of people on the planet that wish they were me right now. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the, the minor annoyances of a four and a half hour makeup job, shit, you know, they, there's a whole lot of tougher ways to make a living. I guess that's just true. Just any school teacher or coal miner. Or but you're stuck in that chair for so long. Yeah, and it's like the makeup, you sweat it a lot, and it gets in your eyes, and, you're, and the contacts sting. Yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> we convinced them. It's yeah. terrible. Well, there was going to be a Hellboy 3 probably, but not now. Not anymore. <laughs> Perlman's out. When did you meet Guillermo? Because you, you were in Kronos. Guillermo, yeah, well, that was his first film, and that was my, of course, um, 
introduction to him, and uh, that was in like 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a kind of a sense just from being in his presence that I was in the presence of something that that was kind of special and and um, um, unique, and I didn't want to overblow it because you know I, I was so wired and still am wired for failure. So I I said you know. This is this can turn out well, but this guy's rather interesting. He has he has a a, a rather interesting lens through which he's looking at the world, uh, and definitely through which he's he's you know making these amazing visuals. Um, and uh, you know, like they say in, at the end of Casablanca, that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> really beautiful friendship. We've now done five. We've just finished Pacific Rim, which comes out next summer. And, um, you know, um, I just marvel at the fact that he's still speaking to me. <laughs> <laughs> After all the cheap shots I've taken in his movies. <laughs> but you guys have been I friends for so long. I single almost ruined the guy. But, Pan's uh, Labyrinth, more like Ass Labyrinth. Uh, I'm imagining no, no, I that would be I wasn't in that. <laughs> no, I know. That's why you would take a shot at it. No, no of course. <laughs> That was a um, masterpiece. <laughs> when you were a kid, did you start acting like, like, a, like, like? How far into your adolescence were you like this? I want to do this acting thing. Well, it's a it's it's a kind of a hackneyed story, simply because I've told it so often. But I'll tell it to you again because, um, you know, um, you obviously didn't see me on the View that day. I missed it. Yeah, but um, I usually check in just to see what Hasselbeck says. Oh, me too, man. Me too. <laughs> Of course, you know, she's the one conservative on the show, unlike that Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> like that Whoopi Goldberg. How about that, how about that tape, that Romney tape? Can, we, can I electioneer? Am I too close to the polls to be electioneering right now? No, go for it. It's yeah. probably not going to be decided by the time it airs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Florida, they had some hangy things, and the software's not working right. in Philly. In Ohio and Pennsylvania now. Um, yeah, you're black. You can't vote. Um <laughs> So uh, I am black. Where was? <laughs> no one knows that, because, Chris, because you 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 just refuse to emerge from the internet. No, no, I'm very no, no, I'm very light skinned. I'm very light skinned every morning with this guy. Yeah, so you know from whence I speak. I wanted to see what it was like to live in the body of a white man. It's pretty great. I gotta be honest. We have it pretty easy. The perks, right? It's, yeah, the perks are fucking. <laughs> we have it pretty. Roof, man, we have it roof. pretty easy. I gotta say, uh-huh. it's kind of a cakewalk. It's not fair, yeah. really. It's not um, fair. But anyway, what's the hackneyed story? There's got to be a. Oh yes, there was a hackneyed story. So I'm on the swimming team in high school, and the, the whistle blows, and um, my swimming coach is standing there with a rather well dressed, very tall, very effete, very handsome fellow, who happens to be the head of the drama department. <laughs> okay, <laughs> makes sense, right? He had he had the best wardrobe in in, the, in this public high school. Um, Perlman, get out of the pool. You're going to go audition with this guy. <laughs> he pulled out of the pool to go audition. Why, why, why me, coach? Why me? Well, because, you know, uh, they need, you know, they had, they have an auditions for the school play and they had 45 girls show up and no boys. And so, you know, he's going around trying to, and I said, well, yeah, but what does that have to do with me? And he says, well, are you going to really actually make me say this? I said, say what? He goes, 
maybe you can do the drama department a little bit more good than you're doing the swimming. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! Ah, oh, coach. And I said, I said after I got finished saying, ah, oh, coach. Ah, <laughs> oh, coach. What are you doing? That was like that was uh, that was like, you know you just sanduskied me <laughs> before that's even well, at a least thing. pulling people out of the pool for other things. So well um, played, Myra. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah. So anyway, I said, well, what happens if I don't get a, a role in the play? He says, you can come back and be third string swimming team. No problem. There's always a place for you on the bench. And uh, I said, thanks. And. Uh, so I got the lead in the play, of course, because I was the only guy that they were able to actually <laughs> talk into auditioning. And, you know, your chances are pretty good if you're the only one that you're going to get the male role. That, that actually does simultaneously make you the best and worst yeah. uh, in the play. Mm -hmm. And um, I never looked back, man. It was just uh, I did the next play and the next play and the next play. And that took me all through high school and then four years of college and then two more years of grad school. And by the time I got... My master's degree, which is covering up a, a, a hole in, in, in my bathroom wall that I punched. Um, <laughs> I'll put this master's here. Well, that's what I'll do with that master's degree. What a, what a perfect thing to cover a rage hole. <laughs> I knew it was going to come in handy. Uh, I had done eight years of stage, and, you know, and, and, and then went to New York and put on my walking shoes. What did you expect? Like, what was the career? I expected great things. <laughs> you must have. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have done I was it. So disappointed. No, but so you wouldn't. Quickly. You wouldn't have done it if you didn't think you had a shot at it, though, right? Uh, I do a lot of things, Chris. Ah, uh, that's true, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. You that could have been me speaking. Right there. <laughs> Actually, I, I I didn't have any choice. I mean, I had zero aptitude at anything. There was nothing. I had to find something that required. No skill and no discipline. And so I found acting. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure that there's a lot of actors right now shutting this fucking thing down. You prick bastard. You outed me, you cocksucker. Why are they from Boston? <laughs> because that's where the aggressive people live. I thought that was Romanian, actually. Hey, you I got to carry this cheese to my farm. <laughs> Here in Romania. Oh, Vlad Tempest. Don't go up there. That's Dracula. Hey, fucking Dracula, you wicked queer Dracula. Dracula's a wicked queer biting people on the neck and shit. He bites dudes. You see that guy? <laughs> Just bites him right in the neck. Dracula. Might as well bite him up the ass, you know what I'm saying? Hey, high five. Let's go get a brew. Hang on, I gotta listen to this podcast about acting. <laughs> I'm gonna make it. Somewhere in Romania, I'm gonna make it. Welcome to the Rift Zone. <laughs> Population us. Mm. Oh, that was good time. Sorry, Ron Perlman. Oh, it's all right. You saved me, I think, because hopefully nobody will remember what I just said. <laughs> Take us back to the scene, Ron. You're in Romania. <laughs> yes, and Vlad. Somehow. Oh, I hear yeah. he's impaling with his dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, dudes. That's how he's. <laughs> Matt, we're over here. We're on this side of the bit now. I don't understand. Matt. I'm still in it. No, Matt, come back to no, us. No, no, no. I'm talking about that guy up there fucking all them dudes. Oh. Now he's from Chicago. Hashtag snore. <laughs> oh. So much for mainstream. Whatever, whatever shot you thought you had at network. 
It's over. Out the window. No, no. The networks have reminded me time and again that I'm not right for them. I, everything, oh, me too. Me, me too. The, the agreement is all. I told you, man. Basic cable. It's all I can, you know. But that's where a lot of the best television's happening. I mean, like, you yeah, know, but, Sons of Anarchy would never have been made on a network. When people find that out, then, you know, it's, it's all over for guys like me. <laughs> Why is that? Because, you know, then the, you know, the real deal guys will come down. Oh, come on. You've been doing this way too long to have the, the, the real deal guys aren't. You're the real deal guy. Like, you're the guy now. No one sound like I was fishing right there? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I love my dad. Hang on, hang on. Let me get off my okay, hands sure, and knees sure, right sure. now. <laughs> oh, this is your rod. My, Jesus uh, Christ, I got a scab. <laughs> That's Vlad. Vlad. <laughs> That's the guy I was telling you about. Did you hear? Now he just it, walked in here. Talked about the New York. I'd like, I'd like to suck that blood of yours. <laughs> It's <laughs> a very good Romanian accent. The best podcast I've been working on ever. It. I've been working on it. <laughs> That's not all, Mister. <laughs> so you do a lot of voiceover work. <laughs> I do a ton. You do actually. You were on like Teen Titans. Like you did a bunch yeah, of stuff, right? Teen, yeah, I did Teen Titans. Oh, voiceover is the best. Best. I best. love it so much. The best. You do. Uh, you work with Andrea Romano. She's the one who gave me my start. That, so many people have that story with her. She is a she is masterful. I mean, I walked I walked into it was um, um, a really really cool cartoon, and Jim Cummings played two roles. Jim Cummings is like, he's um, I mean he's the who's who of of voices, mm -hmm. and he's he's so anonymous and so good that nobody knows who Jim Cummings is. You know, unless you've actually, you know traveled in that world and then he's he's a giant he's a true giant i was called bonkers mm -hmm. and uh, jim was playing both bonkers oh, and bonkers yeah. alter ego and and andrea romano uh was directing that for warner brothers she was the director the house director at warner brothers for decades and um i walk in that room and you know there's maurice lamarche doing the greatest Orson Welles impression I've ever heard, and that there's the, there's the actual guy that they replaced the original Goofy with. Yeah, what's his name? Something Farmer. Him I don't know. I know Maurice, but I don't know. And and and, and this guy was better at, at Goofy, you know, than than Go I mean, and I was like, I was looking for the, the 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 box where I pay for the show that I just was witnessing. I mean, you know, and, um, it was. Um, it was a really cool room filled with unbelievable talent that no one will ever know the names of. Yeah. Um, but pure, pure killer talent. Yeah, because it's all, you know, we've, I, I, love having, I love having voiceover people on. We've had a ton of them. Maurice has been on the show before and Billy West and Rob Paulson and, yeah, and John DiMaggio. And they're great. You know, and because... Paulson is just outrageous. My, the range of that guy's voice is insane. That he can go like, and all of a sudden he's up in some crazy octave. Like, how the fuck do you get up there? And and it's so well, clearly you don't smoke as much weed as I did because uh, <laughs> uh, I've I've lost the, the top two octaves. <laughs> but enough about me. Let's get back to uh, who are we talking about? <laughs> Vlad. Oh, Vlad. <laughs> We're back in the bit now. <laughs> When you got the dark embrace from Vlad, <laughs> this coffin is way too small. <laughs> oh no, that's that's Hungarian. It doesn't matter. All of our accents. I think that was Wisconsin. I could have got. Wisconsin. How is Wisconsin doing right now? I think, oh, in the polls. I don't know. I don't know. I think they like unions again. I don't. Know. I don't know what's that. <laughs> they love cheese. I know that much. Cheese is in. It's in. 
This is a side note. I had a really embarrassing thing happen on the way over here, which was I was at a meeting, and I had the parking ticket that got validated, and I was peeing, and my phone vibrated, and I tried to multitask by pulling out the phone with my left hand, and the parking ticket flew into the toilet, dead center into the pee stream. Well, if you're going to pick one of the things to fall into the toilet, parking ticket's the one. But then I had to go explain to the receptionist what happened and why I had to get, I had to fill out all this paperwork because I lost the parking ticket. I would love to have been there for that explanation. <laughs> you wouldn't rather just pay the maximum daily whatever for the parking Oh, just to not have dealt yeah, with it? Yeah, just to not deal with that situation? God, I should I normally I am not a cheapskate. I dollars to not do that. <laughs> I took a picture of it because it's just like... You showed her a photograph no. of a thing sitting in urine? No. <laughs> they should have arrested you. No. <laughs> Listen, it was, uh, it was the... Uh, <laughs> it was the rubber gloves that gave you away. You, should, you, you probably wanted to make a different choice. I had these calving gloves. Also, the thumbs know. up was weird. <laughs> weird choice. The photograph is perfect because it fell perfectly in such a way that you, you see the validations floating in the, in the pee. <laughs> And it, it's just the story is I'm almost going to Instagram it, but I don't want people to see my pee. Is that weird? Uh, if it's like really dark yellow, maybe don't. No, no, but no, no. But if it's like a nice light color, did go ahead. You're hydrated. Did she, did she say anything about insulin or did she try to give, <laughs> give you any kind of medical advice? Like, better, no, you need to drink water. You know, check the salt in your diet. Something. I did not. There was no sodium intake discussion. I, I didn't show her the picture. <laughs> I just. I danced around it in the awkward fashion that I'm so good at. So famous for. Yeah. Sir, I'm going to give you this other ticket. It has the hydration chart for your urine. <laughs> well, <it's> about, <laughs> the, 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 you just match the color up to your pee. The risk that you run is I'm like, well, does this drift into sexual harassment territory? When I yeah, start sure did when you showed her that picture of your pee. <laughs> That's right. And I brought her in to reenact it. Here's how it happened. Stop here, crying. Here, stop you crying. hold this. No, wait. Don't I'm hold sorry, that. No, don't hold that. Don't hold that. Hold you be, you be the ticket. I have to take the picture. You hold the dick. Oh, God. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Yeah. And she was not... Well, I get, get it all out. Get it all out. <laughs> I expected... I, <laughs> I expected to be able to... I expected her to kind of laugh about it and like, oh, this is a human thing that... It was just she no. was anyone at reception's sense of humor was gone a long time ago. Yeah, she's been ground down mm. into a nub. Are you working right now, or do you off on a break? This interview is this is uh, work. Some of the hardest shit <laughs> well, I've done. I understand uh, it's heavy lifting. Certainly all day. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I actually just finished season five of Sons of Anarchy. Nice on a Wednesday and on Thursday. And that was in North Hollywood, on, and through the miracle of Delta Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, I was shooting a a, 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 a young indie, no, a small indie, a, a new young a, Indiana Jones with a, with a young <laughs> filmmaker. <laughs> You're the or new was Indiana. it a was it a a, a a small filmmaker with a young who with was a, doing a young indie? Who was doing a young anyway, indie? Anyway, I was in New Orleans, no. and uh, I've been I was there for two weeks. I just got back like yesterday, and here I am with you. So I've been um, miraculously quite busy, which is when I'm happiest. And, and even more miraculously, in New Orleans, which if you've never shot a movie there, dude, you know, figure it, figure it out. Get down there. Or, you know, just go down there for Jazz Fest or just go down there and get a hotel and, and, and eat in every restaurant that they recommend you to and take a walk on Frenchman Street. It's the coolest town in the United States. I mean, it's really like, it's not like any place I've ever been. So I've come back 
completely refreshed and 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 reinvigorated and um, um, extolling the praises of uh, that city that has taken it on the chin more times than you can possibly imagine. Yeah, New Orleans and New York just have a fucking rough go, and they just they get they get back up and just get get right back to business. Well, it's, it's, I think New Orleans is still getting back up. Yeah, but they're doing it. New Orleans is still getting back up. New York is going to take a while to get back up. I, my, I have an apartment right there in the black zone. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. that was blacked out. My wife sat in the dark for uh, a week, um, which, you know, that neighborhood also happens to sport, you know, lots of judges and congressmen and senators, and it's a very white-collar neighborhood. So... Um, I'm pretty sure that nobody in that neighborhood was prepared to like have to take a hundred dollar taxi to 60th Street to buy bacon and eggs in the morning and right. get enough food to get through dinner. Have you and seen? Then, like- and then and then beg to charge their phone someplace and <sighs> come back down. But that's kind of what my wife's like. Life was like for a week, and uh, not that I'm complaining because you know people have it like that. You know, 365, 24 seven. So. Um, but uh, it's it's just curious that the, the 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 cities with the biggest heart are the ones that keep taking it on the chin. I mean, New Yorkers are the biggest hearted people in the country, except for New Orleanders, New New Orleansers, whatever the phrase is. <laughs> I mean, those people are just. I mean, I have never been in a city that wears its heart on its sleeve to the degree that New Orleans does. It's the most emotionally based place. In the United States, everything is done from the heart. Everything, and um, I don't know. It's, it's it's cool. I can't wait to get back. Are you at the point where? Uh, I mean, do you want to do you want to write stuff or direct stuff, or do you just like do you just like performing? I do not write <clears throat> except emails. I write really good emails. In case. Make a movie out of one. And I write really good emails to like. <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> To, to landlords, so if you, you know, if you ever get in trouble, Ron, I got the script for your latest movie. It's all Amazon receipts. I don't understand it. Wait a minute, Ron Perlman, consumer advocate. We're gonna dress you up like Hellboy and send you to knock on people's doors and be like, "How come you kicked my client out before the term on his?" You just broke the look- CD player. He looks. Oh shit! <laughs> I did. No, no, just one of them. Okay. The other one's fine. All right. The backup is still good. Yeah, the backup one's still good. No, you take that. Here you go. Start a new backup. Yeah, no, the, it's fine. The second one's going to be fine. I don't know my own strength. I mean, you look at these guns and you go, of course, you're going to break things. That's <laughs> not you, what I said when I saw your guns. When you pound on stuff. I was stuff. like, that was weird that he broke something. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I, I saw Hulk. Did you see Hulk Hogan? No. He was here like uh, at 6.15, just wandering aimlessly in the oh, building. Oh, I'm sure not. I'm sure not. <laughs> well, I'm sure he had something going on. like In this bastard of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the this, E-building. cultural vortex. <laughs> this is really where it's all happening, Ron. This is the intersection of academia and... Yeah, I tell you, you get to a, you get to a place like this and you just, you know, you, 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 you different feelings start coming up like, I wonder which is the best parking spot. Because <laughs> that's the one I want. Closest to the elevator, but not too close that I have to come face to face with the rabble that come in. Right. That, that Mitt Romney elevator but <laughs> that no one can get in but me. That's right. The Romney-vader, which looks a lot like the Wonka-vader. Yeah, the magic underpants actually power the elevator. But it only goes sideways. <laughs> what? What? What that happens doesn't... if he wins? 
If what? If you went sideways? Romney. Oh, what happens if he wins? I'll tell you what I'll do. Turn on MSNBC and watch Chris Matthews' head explode. That's what I'll do. Vice versa. Romney wins. I mean, rather, yeah, if uh, if Obama wins, I'm going to turn on Fox News and watch their heads explode. I just love both sides of it. You're just like watching whoever, Aftermath. Whoever wins, <laughs> so it doesn't affect I'll find some though. enjoyment in it. Of course it affects me, but you got to think of the my immediate future. I got a lame duck president. I'm just going to turn on... I'm going to turn on MSNBC and watch their heads explode. Obama wins again. I'm going to turn on Fox. I just want to watch whoever's head explode because it's so it's so the opposition is so one way or the other. This is like Bill, Bill Maher the other day said, you know, I win either way. You know, if Obama wins. Comedy. If of Obama wins, the country wins. If if Romney wins, comedy wins. Yep. So, yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. Well, com- comedy. <laughs> what? Comedy is always gonna. Comedy is always gonna win. Thirty electoral votes. <laughs> so is it still one fifty four, one thirty, one twenty four? Oh boy! Did you vote today? I did vote today. Did you vote today? I did vote today. I didn't vote today. You didn't? I was stuck in this building for most of my day. Working? Yeah. I had to sandwich it in between. I my day started at seven a.m. Yeah. Before the polls opened. I walked to what I thought was my polling place. Uh, on the way to work, and it turns out it was not my polling place. Do you know what you know what you could do in that case? What's that? A provisional ballot. Which is what I did. You get a provisional I, I just, ballot when I you don't go. I went to the polling place with the shortest line, and they said, you're not on these rolls. And I go, yeah, look again, baby. <laughs> you know really who doesn't I have am. This, doesn't have the same, <laughs> and then he started the same <laughs> gusto when I do it, Ron. <laughs> hey, look, look again, baby. And then he started you know singing. I no, I didn't say Are that. Are the I stars said, I said, out I said, tonight? I said, Holy shit, what... what what, what do we do? She goes, well, you go to the same polling place you went to last year. I said, last year I was in Poland. She said, do you remember where? <laughs> the land of Poles? Um, anyway, <laughs> I got it done. With, like that. you said, with the provisional ballot. You get a provisional yeah. ballot, and then they basically just have to fill out all your information. And, yeah. You know, they take your address and everything, and then they put it, in, put it in a separate box. I did well, vote. Good for you guys. Aww. Mike Mike Furman always had a had this my my buddy Mike had a theory that uh, if you weren't going to be able to vote you'd you'd go out into the city and meet a guy who had exactly the opposite political views as you and then you both agree not to vote so you cancel each other out. <laughs> <laughs> I donated money this year. I think that was I did I did my part. I feel like mm-hmm. when I couldn't vote, I was like, here, yeah. have some money. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the American way, Matt. Right? Just throw money Just throw at money it. Throw money at it. That's what you do, right? Just throw right. money. At it. <laughs> That's all you got to do. That's why I run my house, too. <laughs> Stop crying. Here's the fiver. That's right. <laughs> you just, you're actually punching money into your walls. Right. <laughs> Keep these safe. <laughs> Blam. Keep it inside. What do you do for, uh, what do you do for fun? What do you like to oh, do for now fun? we're getting personal. Yeah, huh? I want to get a little personal. Let's take it down. I don't have any fun. You have fun. You're a fun-loving guy, Ron Perlman. I can see it in your eyes. You like fun. I'm, um, actually, uh. A little bit of an MSNBC freak. Yeah, I'm right. A, I'm, a, I'm a political junkie, um, which is why I've kind of mentioned this thing now f- 30 or 40 times <laughs> <laughs> in, our, in our short time together. Yeah. Um, I play some golf with the boys. Nice. Uh, that's my, my best unwind mm-hmm. that I do. Um, and then I, I work. I'm a workaholic. I'm either you know working on my next thing getting it ready or working on my last thing or working on something as we speak. Um, 
kids are up and out of the house right now, so you know that was pretty time consuming driving them around LA. To you put in your time though. Now they're gone. Put, now you golf. Time is, so now I play some golf. <laughs> Hang out with you guys. Do you have, right. do you have a, what's your favorite course around LA? Karaoke. Sado. Um, there's a lot of great golf courses. My my home course is Montebello. It's a public golf oh, course. Oh, I played there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the hood. Yep. Yeah, it's uh that's my home course. It's the most blue blue collar golf course on on earth. And um and then every once in a while I'll get invited to someplace, you know, really fancy. I got friends in in in, in, in I don't have those friends yet. In high places. I worked at uh, Bel Air Country Club all through college. I went I to UCLA. Know. And I, I worked in the I worked everywhere on that course. I caddied, I worked in the bag room, I parked cars. I was all you over the place. You got to play there though, right? I did. Mondays you could play there. Are you a decent player? I'm okay. You know, it's the short. Is that always what it is? Because when I caddied, it was always Mondays. I could play Mondays. Mondays, yeah. yeah Mondays, caddies day. Because yeah. Mondays, no one. It's Mondays world, a slow day. World over because everybody's going back to work and. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Monday. I, I, uh, you know, it's it's always when you don't play for a while, it's the short game that goes. We I can, I can we still have to have our nerdist all star golf challenge. I can drive the shit out of the ball, and then I get around it's the green. Right. And it's like, well, there's five strokes. Yeah, it's a short game that you got to focus on. And I do. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have a, the long game either. You don't need game. it, though. You don't need a long game. You just need accuracy. You just need to, you just need to hit the ball straight. I just like the beer. <laughs> Ron, you didn't bring any clubs. Nah, no. I'm just going to ride the cart. Give, put, put, give me a six for that hole. I'll be call, your designated call that girl in the driver. cart over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. I'll tell you what. I'll get the first round or two. Then we'll take it up. And then you start singing. On the golf course, they hate it when you do that. Everything's better if you're a little, you know, fucked up. Oh man, everything. When you go with Ron, there's a 19th, 20th, and 21st hole. (laughs) Yeah. You always get around the 18. You're like, that was awesome. Let's play another 18. And then you get like four holes into that second 18. You're like, yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this shit. I'm lucky if I make 16 these days. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's the concentration span, and the knees. The knees are gone. What'd you do to your knees? Oh shit! I mean, I don't even know. A <laughs> couple of bad tackles. Did you play football? No. <laughs> <laughs> Running around Vlad's place. A lot of karaoke. <laughs> Run. Those Run. karaoke bars can get a little rough, you know. I've been Especially there. if you sing like I do. <laughs> I'm up next. That's my Katy Perry song. You piece of shit. <laughs> I'm a Tack- California girl. <laughs> Fuck you, Seth MacFarlane. Don't you out Sinatra me. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Why don't we get... We could get him in here. He's across the street, you know. He's at the other courtyard building. That doesn't mean we could get him. I feel like we could get him. Who else can we piss off tonight? <laughs> Everyone. Hmm. I don't think we've pissed off... Any- I mean... I don't think the Romanians are going to be too happy about it, but I don't really know what our they demographic is over there. It's fine. They don't know. And they, they don't have pods over there. They don't have them. <laughs> they don't have them yet. They don't have the internet yet. In Romania, U-Tunes. It's an iTunes joke. Now, actually, that was a Yakov Smirnoff joke. That was borderline he Yakov Smirnoff. He walked across the border and made the joke. <laughs> okay. U-Tunes. <laughs> Did you... Uh, that, was pretty, that, was pretty, that was pretty fun. Thanks, Ron. That's what I do here. You're welcome. <laughs> I'd be so intimidated... If I were performing, if I were performing, and you were sitting in the front row and you weren't laughing, we're just like, no, it was all right. <laughs> I just feel like oh, take shit. what you can get, Chris. Did you ever ever play? Did you ever mess around with live comedy at all? 
very first thing I ever did was uh, was comedy, was stand up comedy. Holy I shit! Had, I had a I had a partner in junior high school, and uh, we uh, we didn't we didn't feel as though we were funny enough to write material, but we felt pretty secure that we could deliver it. So we just stole from people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that man's name was Carlos Mencia. Because the, no, no, he wasn't even born yet when I was doing this shit, man. The uh, the guy I really like to steal from. I mean, you know, I I stole because the the great thing is that you know if you're if you're working in like discotheques where it's nothing but sixteen and seventeen and eighteen year olds, yeah, you can do nothing but Henny Youngman stuff, and they've never heard it before. <laughs> and then if you're working. You know, at like retirement homes and stuff where, you know, all they've heard is Henny Young when you can do George Carlin shit and they go, it's a, oh, this is a revelation. Look at this kid. This kid is funny. Ethel, Ethel, there's seven words I can't say. I think cunt is one of them. Get in here. <laughs> so those are the two guys I, I'd like to steal from. Personally. But I, 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 uh, um, I'm sure this has happened to other people who tried to tried their hand at at um, stand-up comedy. It's terrifying. I mean, stand-up comedy is terrifying because, let's face it, you are there to get laughs. And if some, for some strange reason you're having a night where nothing you're doing is working, you're dying in, in ways that, you know, real death would be appealing. You are, but the great thing about it is that you know. Like, when you're acting... You do a scene, you kind of go, I, I think that was all right. I don't know. It's got to be that's edited. That's the way I like it. You just don't want to. I want to, you know, I, the denial ain't just a river in Egypt, baby. <laughs> Team effort, right, guys? <laughs> um, that is something my dad would say. Denial ain't just a. <laughs> oh, see? I love that. I thought I could get by with uh, on the generational thing, but you actually, you know. Oh, that's, to your dad. that's totally something my dad would say. But, um,. That's what it, that was the, the appealing thing about acting is that, is that if it didn't work, you didn't write it, and you know you, it wasn't it was not personal. There was this kind of like, well, I'm doing a play. Yeah, I'm sorry, your taste doesn't you know run along those lines, you know. Uh, but comedy is just so personal. It's like you and them, and you're responsible for the good time that they're either having or not having. Yeah, and I just it was just way too difficult for me and I, I was just way too I was just I didn't have the, the calloused um, mindset that one needs you know, I don't know how guys do it man. my hat's off to to comics because um, it's tough it's tough stuff to do it's tough stuff to do well and you're gonna you're gonna have some nights I've seen some big big names have horrific nights Oh, and then they start to get they start to get hostile with the audience. They yeah. start to think it's their fault that they're not being funny. Yep, and well, uh, it probably was. Huh? It probably was their fault. Let's be honest. <laughs> There's a relationship that you form, and sometimes when you get no, I I actually watched somebody who I adore, who shall remain nameless, and she. Okay, there's a hint. Was it Sarah? <laughs> Holy shit! How did you know? <laughs> Is that obvious? <laughs> it's either her or Joan Rivers, right? There was either. Well, no. Could have been Rita Rudner. No, it's just that <laughs> Rita Rudner. I was in Vegas in '87. It was uh, uh, 
No, Sarah's Sarah's one of the funniest people I know. One of the funniest and I think most innovative comics I know. But I've seen her have rough sets in crowds where people didn't understand what she was doing and took her literally like why would she say those things and they get you know I've seen I haven't seen it happen in years but I have seen crowds get hostile with her. Well, it wasn't Sarah. Oh, so there. Fuck. But um <laughs> now Sarah, just, I didn't say that. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it was somebody like that. And it was a situation just like that. And it was, and I was in the audience, and you know, I was there to fucking adore this person. Joy Behar. Because I, <laughs> I, do, I do love this person's comedy. And I'm going, holy shit, what you just said? Fucking bombed. Yeah. And then it was, she compounded it, you know, like to the fourth power. Like everything. And it got worse and worse and worse. And then she started like taking it out on, on these poor people who, you know, all they want to do is love her. Well, but when, you know, when you get to that crossroads and you're like, okay, this is not, this is not going well. So I have one of two choices. I can either just take a hard left and just move on to something else and see, or I can commit really hard and maybe committing really hard. Like people, like something about that will be funny. And then, but then that's it. Like once you're committed to that, if it doesn't bail you out, you are in a vast hole. But you got to have a go-to, like a surefire joke. Yeah. You know, if, if you're trying out new material and you get to about the fourth joke and it's starting to feel like awake. Right. Then you got to go. So two guys walk into a bar. <laughs> you know. An Ron Perlman and, and Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> I've seen that not work, too. I and mean, that's just awful. When you just do, you know the, what? It like, just you happens. See someone do the like their closer, like yeah, early, and then it's like, what, what is going on? It with just happens. Like, yeah, so, no, sometimes you me. just don't connect with the crowd, and that's all there is. <laughs> but this is why I can't be in comedy. Is yeah. because I don't. I'm. I. I just. I couldn't. I couldn't have that as my. Do you life. take that stuff? Do you take it pretty hard? I took it really hard when 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 it, when it shit didn't work. I mean, you know, um, when it did work, and you know, you're just like. You know, the, the notion of holding an audience in the palm of your hand, you know, regardless of what it is you're doing, but particularly with comedy because the, the response is so immediate and so vociferous, is, is it's, it's like an aphrodisiac. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's a powerful feeling. And I think that that's probably, you know, what I discovered that that first play I did in high school was like, okay, you know, um, there's the rehearsal process, you know, which, which, which is where we're discovering this shit and we're figuring out what will I do here and how do I, how would I, you know, how will I, and then you eventually, you know, put some, put a string, a string of sh some shit together and then all of a sudden, you know, all the lights go out and there's a thousand people in the audience and you're gonna, you're gonna do this shit that you've been rehearsing for a few weeks and you have no idea how it's gonna go. And it starts to go well, and you start to feel that you are controlling a thousand people. You're taking them on highs, and you can feel it palpably, and you're taking them on lows, and every once in a while you're getting a laugh, and you can feel it, and you can hear it, and all of a sudden, and you get two hours of that on the stage, and you know there's no drug that can kind of stand up to that. Hey, have you tried heroin? <laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> Well, you know, will you? That's I, probably why you know performers get into drugs is because they they just get addicted. Chasing the high, 
they get addicted to the to the high. Well, I can tell. I mean, what what tends to happen? And I, I mean, I don't know what it's like. I I, te- I I feel like it's like this for a lot of comics, but especially if you're doing like six or seven shows in a weekend, and you go up on stage and you just sort of give the show every bit of energy that you have, and it's so much about like putting stuff out there and trying to make people happy and connect with the crowd, and then. When it's all over, you're just alone and just empty because you've just taken all of your energy and just thrown it out into the world. And you just sort of feel weirdly isolated sometimes afterwards. It's really bizarre. And you just kind of feel empty. And there's a like, ah, I, I need to get I need to feel OK again. And I think that's why, you know, there's also um, a loneliness to it. I mean, aside from what you're saying, which is, you know, totally true that you the your output is is stuff that you've almost you're almost left with nothing (laughs) it's so intense you know the 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 amount that you're putting out in order to make you know sustain that level of whatever it is that's going to take you through that show but there's this other part of it where if you kill if you just like had if you just were like babe ruth or like you know um uh you know Eli Manning, where you just like everything you looked at just went over the fence or you know into the end zone or whatever like that. It was like this magical thing. No one that you try to describe that to is going to understand what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I guess that's so true. You've just had like the greatest acid trip of your life, and you have no, you can't even share it with with even even your old lady yeah. or you know or your best friend because they have no concept of what just happened in that exchange between you and those thousand people. Yeah. And so um, that's a that's a kind of an isolationism and a loneliness that is that's heavyweight shit. That's that's why I want to that's I mean, you know, my first instinct after something like that, you know, god willing, you know, there's been a few nights like that, you know, where you just went, "Holy shit, that was trippy, man. <laughs> that was trippy." Is like Where's the bar, man? I gotta have a drink. Yeah, or seven. <laughs> well, that's why so many of us uh, have, I either get become complete alcoholics or get into drugs or have to quit. No, I mean, no one in this room. But where is right, Jonah? Right, right, right. I don't know where Jonah is anyway. By the way, where is she? <laughs> <laughs> that's can you watch your? Uh, can you watch uh, your films in a theater full of people? Is is that a, is it an analogous experience? I'm not. Um, I don't, I don't, that's not my favorite thing to do. I don't, I do not enjoy watching my own work, period. And I certainly don't enjoy watching it in a room full of people, especially when it's for the first time and I have no idea yeah. whether, whether it's going to turn out good or not. <laughs> and then halfway you want to sit up and go, okay, 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 that's it. Okay, good. Yeah, we oh, got I it. Have, I have done that. Really? I, I have absconded. I have, I have, um, there's there's been nights like this where you know you're in in the middle of the the fourth row and and you got to get the fuck out of there <laughs> and it's, it's like excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me wait a minute that's you on screen yeah, sorry yeah. sorry i got to pee i got to pee forever and you know <laughs> you you know taxi yeah, we don't Sir, you just said taxi in the middle of a movie theater <laughs> and then the taxi drives through the wall and just that that's how bad he wants to get out that's so bad yeah I don't know I don't uh, it doesn't I mean I haven't really done enough movies to really know I've done a couple and I'm always like hey look how big my face is but it doesn't really it's weird you say that a lot just in general look how big my face is you do am I swollen 
as big as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I have a face boner. <laughs> it was fun to watch you because I did the Pac Rim panel at Comic Con in San Diego this year, and the. I oh, mean, right? Yeah, and it was really fucking fun to it. That is that's an experience that's different than doing stand up because you're going out where people are just ready no matter what they're just happy to be there and they're ready to love and they're ready you know they're just excited and you're showing them stuff they haven't that no one else has seen they're seeing pack rim footage in this case and they see you but I mean that that's like I mean that's the biggest fucking blowjob in the world comic con is because I've been doing it wrong <laughs> dude I mean you know if if you're down there to celebrate something that is in their wheelhouse, like um, like a Guillermo del Toro movie, for instance, yeah, or something else that's a bona fide hit, or that that's got so much hype that it's it's, I mean, they are there to hang on your every word, and you you basically can't fuck that up. Right. That's not like giving a performance. That's like just getting this this cosmic blowjob hug. I've seen people fuck it up before. Cosmic Blowjob Hug. That's the name of your fucking Sinatra cover album. Cosmic Blowjob you Hug. You and the night and the music. Hey. <laughs> fill me with hugs and desire. Blowjob. <laughs> blowjob. I've um, never... That's, that, you just um, used to sing. Shut up, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll step on the bit. I want to see. I want to see how far this song's gonna go. We're about to get the cosmic blowjob hunga song. <laughs> he was just getting to the chorus, man. He hadn't even hit the bridge. Right? No, man. I'm just still stunned. I've never heard like Comic Con described perfectly in three words. A cosmic blowjob hug. Yeah. That's true. That's, That's not like getting up on stage and having to prove yourself because you've already. They're down there to. The, the appreciation level is through the roof. It's amazing. Before you say anything, I've and you're not really on stage long enough to blow it, right? I mean, you know, I have seen people fuck it up before, though, and they fuck it up by not appreciating it. Like if they seem, you know, if they, if they take it for granted or whatever. I think the audience will—they're very forgiving about a lot of things, but if they feel like you're taking their time for granted or you don't appreciate the position you're in where that they're there to celebrate they will turn and i've seen i've seen people do it and it it's it's kind of sickly fun to watch Sigourney <laughs> Weaver <laughs> Sigourney Weaver was amazing <laughs> she was amazing I'm sure she was <laughs> no i i don't That's know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i, I did have a movie with Sigourney which movie alien resurrection alien resurrection of course oh i was the erection you <laughs> Oh, uh, Ron, we sent you the wrong pages. That's a different movie. <laughs> That's the porn parody we've already put into production. <laughs> this ain't Alien Resurrection. Jared Kyle, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> what was your contribution? Oh, yes. You, wanted to, you can come in and say one thing, and then you have to go back to your seat. <laughs> <laughs> the a, one thing I've wanted to say when I say you're on the list is you fucking own an Alien Resurrection. Oh, Such you. a good role. Like, that's you. my favorite. I, was I like how he stops at saying movie. He just says role. Well, we've got I like this movie you own in that movie. <laughs> like, I've literally watched with people and just go, look how fucking good Perlman is in this movie. Also, aliens that swim. That's all. Thank you, America. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, America. What is that alien doing in my soup? <laughs> the backstroke. The backstroke. Cut, Ron. Stop improvising. Why? This is an Why are we back movie. to Henny Youngman? 
And then say they all start having a meeting with Sigourney. My wife says, take me someplace I've never been. I took it to the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Cut, run, again. There are aliens that are attacking. Aliens got to have wives, right? (laughs) Take my alien, please. Come on. Come on, guys. (laughs) Take my my HR Geiger. I just just joined uh, the Twitterverse. Oh, you did? Are you at Ron Perlman? No, I'm at... Promutations. Promutations. Yeah, That's I couldn't get at Ron Perlman because there's another guy going around saying he's Ron Perlman. Son of a bitch. It's probably as, Seth MacFarlane. As you can imagine, <laughs> probably the <a> motherfucker. <laughs> um, I could, I could be Hellboy. I could be Hellboy. First, he thinks he can do French Foreign Legion better than me, and now this. Um, Hey, I'm a, I'm a hellboy over there. What are you doing over there? Hey, I'm a government. Uh, they found me. I got a key for an arm. <laughs> no, because Seth, it's terrible. That's pretty good. That's really good. That's really good. Um, where were we? I don't know. I just. Oh, yeah, so I joined room. Twitter, and my first. Um, it's very important what your first tweet is. <laughs> don't you think? It really is. Because that's your kind of a, you know, that's how the world is going to probably remember you for um, until your second tweet. Yep. At least. Here was mine. Two cannibals are eating a clown. One says, does he taste funny to you? <laughs> that was my, fir- my opening tweet. Hashtag... Violin. <laughs> Let me say it again. Two cannibals are eating a clown. Okay, so they're cannibals. Got you get it? <laughs> Does he taste funny to you? Uh, I don't understand. <laughs> That's why I have seven followers. <laughs> he means gamey, right? Human flesh is gamey. It's a little gamey. <laughs> and the portions are so small. Oh, that's a great Portland accent. <laughs> I love having you on the show. I want to. I, I really want to have you back on the show again. Well, but Packerin comes out next summer. Yes, it does. It'd be fun to have you come back on and just fuck. Around. I mean, you don't have to come on for any reason. You, you. No, we can just shoot the shit. Like you're Ron fucking Perlman. You can think, come on whenever you want. Uh, I don't think we. I think. I think we. We did the opposite of of, of plug shit of mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I lost viewership. <laughs> you know, if anybody listens to this you know, podcast. Sons, Archi- uh, Sons of Anarchy had me when they put the gun to the baby's head, and they lost me with this podcast. <laughs> it's like, Perlman doesn't want... If Perlman isn't going to plug his own stuff, why should I give a fuck about it? Exactly. Exactly. You had me, Perlman, and you lost me. <laughs> the best internet picture in the world, though. Just You'll the- never see me on Letterman because of that. Really? <laughs> never. That's... That's so weird. He would have Fred Travelina on, Katie but not Seagal you. Gets Letterman, I get podcasts. <laughs> oh, you, but you're saying that like it's a bad thing. I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying it like. Hey, it's a we'll bad have thing. you know, Katie has canceled on us twice already. So I can't, I can't talk like this on Letterman. <laughs> no, you <Yeah>. can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Two cannibals are eating a clown. <laughs> Out. <laughs> Does clown pussy taste funny to you? I always no, make it dirty. Two cannibals eating a clown, and I'll, I'll be Paul Schaefer. <laughs> Uh, two cannibals eating a clown. Ah! <laughs> uh, didn't get to the punchline yet. <laughs> I've never liked you. I get it. They're, uh, because clowns are funny. You're not even listening. Ah! <laughs> You're not even fucking listening. Why, do I, why am I doing this? Just want to say I'll be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame benefit. <laughs> What's it benefiting? <laughs> you know, rock and roll. 
Jesus Christ. Ah! <laughs> That's my Paul Schaefer. You guys don't need guests. <laughs> we don't have them for a I lot feel, of shows. I feel, I've never felt more superfluous in my life. <laughs> you feel or, how or I normally do. I've been wanting to get that word in a sentence. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Making dreams come true. Here we are, one dream at a time. Ron, welcome to Ron Perlman's Vocabulary Dreams. It'd be fun to have you just do a show where you come on and you define a word, and then mm. that's it. That's the whole show. Mm. What other words do you like? What else? Motherfucker. Mm. Love that word. That's, that's, a, that's probably my number one favorite word. Motherfucker. What is your favorite? <laughs> and when, <laughs> Who does it if, know? If God exists, <laughs> and you get to the pearly gates, what would you, what would you like to hear him say? <laughs> Perlman on Lipton. I would like to hear him say, James Lipton is over there. <laughs> James Lipton is down there. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfucker. So you're uh, at... Is Hellboy in there? Can we talk to Hellboy? At Promutations? Sons of Anarchy? Mm-hmm. When's the new season of Sons of Anarchy? Not well, we are, we are de- dead in the middle of screening season five right now, which... Um, gets us almost to Christmas, mm-hmm. and that's the end of season five. We've already finished filming season five, so we're, we're about to go on a very long hiatus because we, we only do 13 episodes. And we can season. only take so much Joel McHale. <laughs> Seriously. That's right. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a few million Twitter followers. Yeah, he's doing he's, all right. Uh, he's okay, that guy. I he's guess. doing okay. And um, so I, have, I now begin a, a seven-month hiatus um, the show will once once season five airs, you will not see season six until next September. Shit. So yeah, there's a lot of downtime. But the good news is that I get to do things like Pacific Rim and stuff like that in the in the off season. Good. So um, um, I you know spice it up a little bit with some variety. You can't. Are you? Are you can you slow down for five minutes, or you need to keep moving? I can slow down for about five, and then my wife starts to go. <laughs> Did something die in here? <laughs> really, she does. She does. She goes. She, nobody likes. Nobody likes to see me around the house. <laughs> so I and I, you know, and I and you know, as luck would have it, I I uh, I like staying busy. Okay. Um, but um, it depends. It depends. Last hiatus, I did nothing except two weeks on Pacific Rim, but for seven months, I basically just. Um, Worked on my tan, my tan line. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see it? You got some color. Let's Thank see you. that. Oh, look at that. Pounds. You know. That's a copper tone girl. Put on 35 pounds. <laughs> of muscle just or to, fun? Of course, of course, of muscle. <laughs> and they just tried to dodge TMZ. <laughs> oh, did they follow? Did they chase you around? I happened to go to the restaurants that they like to hang out in front of, you know. Like the TMZ cafe. There's a, there's a lot of stuff on... Of me on YouTube waiting for my car. (laughs) Celebrities are just like us. They have to get around with a vehicle, too. I feel like you'd be bothered less if you just parked your own car. Because they're all waiting outside the valet. But then they're going to follow me. They'll be like, Ron Perlman parks his own car. Things aren't going well. Like, they'll always spin it in a (laughs) shitty way. There's nothing you can do. If they want to put, you know, me, two and a half minutes of me standing there waiting for my car on YouTube... Hey, that's what makes American culture great, I guess. Well, you got to drop the C-bomb like 10 times when you're talking to them. Oh, they'd put that on the C-bomb front page. I, I guess they would. 
Yes, they would. What's his, what's his name, that guy? Jer- uh, Harvey, Levin. Harvey, Harvey Levin. Harvey Levin. Harvey Levin. Yeah. Harvey Levin. Upstanding. Yep. Upstanding fellow. Just standing there behind that thing with a sippy cup. Always got to have something to drink. I'm sure I'm going to get stalked for saying this shit here. <laughs> uh, let's get Perlman. Mm. <laughs> Did you hear that? He made fun of us. Attack! DMZ! <laughs> Unite and attack! You want to take us out with a song? These little town Jews. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's what? Wait a minute. That's just a couple of words. Ladies and gentlemen. Little towns don't have Jews. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little towns in Romania do. Not many. Uh, also, uh, Rod Perlman's Cosmic Blowjob Hug will be available on iTunes. That's available at the FX.com. Available at your Mega, Sam Goody. Megastore. <laughs> Thanks for being here. My pleasure. It's good to guys. see you, man. This is fun. Enjoy your burrito, everybody. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code Nerdist. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges. They will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.